The Holy Gospel according to St. Mark from the fourth chapter. Glory to you, O Lord. Our Gospel from Mark is found on page 1558 in your Pew Bible. Mark 4, verses 26 through 34. He also said, This is what the kingdom of God is like. A man scatters seed on the ground. Night and day, whether he sleeps or gets up, the seed sprouts and it grows, though he does not know how. All by itself, the soil produces grain, first the stalk, then the head, and then the full kernel in the head. As soon as the grain is ripe, he puts the sickle to it, because the harvest has come. Again he said, What shall we say the kingdom of God is like, or what parable shall we use to describe it? It is like a mustard seed. It is the smallest of all seeds on the earth, yet when planted it grows and becomes the largest of all garden plants with such big branches that the birds can perch in its shade. With many similar parables Jesus spoke, he spoke the word to them, and as much as they could understand. He did not say anything to them without using a parable. But when he was alone with his disciples, he explained everything. This is the gospel of the Lord Praise to you, O Christ. You may be seated. Will you uh, pray with me? May the words of my mouth and the meditation of all of our hearts be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. In the name of Jesus because nothing good comes from any other source. During the last uh, few weeks going back, we uh, covered lots of topics, and you may remember a couple of weeks back we celebrated the Feast of the Holy Trinity. And the Trinity is one of the great mysteries of the Christian faith. However, it's not the only mystery contained within the Christian faith. For example, a mystery that exists in addition to the Holy Trinity is how? How does the Son of God assume a human nature into himself? We know that Jesus is not half God and half man, but he is fully God and man. And through this humanity, we know that God is able to experience death, even death on a cross. And through this divinity, the human son is able to give us his blood, 
and body in the sacrament. And he can do that and we can receive that no matter where we are. Well, how does that work? How, how does that work? We don't know. We really don't know. But I suspect this, that even if God told us how it worked, we still wouldn't understand. It's a mystery. Now let's consider some mysteries of the Holy Spirit. For example, how does the Holy Spirit take a rebellious, sinful human being and work faith in the heart? How does he do that? You know, people balk or, you know, I don't know, Pastor, when I talk about the babies can have faith. But the truth is, in fact, faith in Jesus Christ, faith in Jesus Christ at any age is a miracle of the Holy Spirit. Now, given that an adult has had many, many years to harden their heart, to build up a defense against the Holy Spirit. But we know of miracles, of conversion, when an adult who has denied Christ, denied the Holy Spirit for years and years and years, we know of people that have accepted him, that have come to the Lord, that the Spirit did work on them. That's a miracle even more of a miracle than it would be in a tiny baby. Mysteries abound in the Christian faith. God has given his word to the apostles and the prophets, and in his word, he has revealed the mysteries that are beyond our understanding. The truth is, we may not understand them. We may not even like some of them, but we believe them because God has given them to us in his word. Now the parables in today's gospel reveal two mysteries to us, two mysteries. The first mystery is in the parable that teaches us about the mystery of faith. The second parable teaches us of the mystery of Christ's body and the holy Christian church. So if you're taking notes, See if I actually address the two mysteries. It's only two, but you know me, so hold me accountable. The first parable is about a seed that is growing in a field. And modern science biologists now know much about how plants grow. And how and why they mature from seeds. But back in the day of Jesus, when he told these parables, these things were mysteries. They really were. For what they knew is that you threw a seed out onto the ground, and after a while, it sprouted and grew and matured. How? Well, no one knew. And these things happened automatically without the help of a farmer. Of course, the farmer went about his regular business, and the plants just grew. 
So even today, when we know so much more about how and why plants grow, the farmer's job has not changed that much. We, we have more equipment now so that we can do more in less time, but the basics are still the same. The farmer plants the seed, and then he does what he can to provide a healthy environment. And he does that with fertilizers and irrigation and pesticides, perhaps. But in the end, there really isn't a whole lot the farmer can do to force the seeds to germinate, to grow, or to mature. You know, the farmer can provide a healthy environment for the seed to grow, but the growth, the growth itself comes from inside the seed just as it always has been. And Jesus said the kingdom of God is as if a man should scatter seed on the ground. And here Jesus wants us to compare the seed to the word of God. The man who scatters the seed is anyone who shares the word of God with others. Anyone. And when you confess your faith to other people, you are that man. Every time I tell someone that I am a miserable sinner who deserves punishment, and then tell them how Jesus died on the cross so that I receive the joy of heaven instead of that punishment, I am that man. We need to note that the farmer is not responsible for making the seed sprout or to mature. And in the same way, we are not responsible for producing faith in the heart of another person. That is the mysterious work of the Holy Spirit. Too often, well-meaning teachers have told us in the past that we must not only share our faith with others, but that we are somehow responsible for bringing those others to faith. That we are somehow responsible for the growth of their faith. We're not. And those well-meaning teachers make us feel as though confessing our faith before others is like making a sales call. If nothing happens, then we've failed to close the deal. These teachers are well-intentioned, but they can make us feel really guilty. Now, today's parable tells us that this is a false guilt, that the kingdom of God just doesn't work that way. It tells us that the growth of faith in the soil of the heart is a mystery. And that means it is something that God does. And it's not up to us. This parable teaches us that if no faith grows, it's not our fault 
And just as I cannot cause a seed to germinate by giving it a pep talk, I cannot force faith to grow with anything that I do. It is the work of the Holy Spirit that does that. And those of you that have been with me in Bible studies know that I pray that the Holy Spirit would come, open our eyes, open our ears and our hearts. That's why I do it. So this comfort, this comfort comes from the parable. From this parable, we learn that the pressure of converting someone to the faith in Christ That pressure just doesn't belong to us. And God has reserved that responsibility for himself. And as the farmer scatters the seed out on the ground, God has given us the privilege of proclaiming the joy of our salvation. And on the other hand, God alone is responsible for producing a crop of faith from that proclamation. So what what is the joy of our salvation that I mentioned? What proclamation do we throw out to the world? What is it? Well, it's found in what Jesus says and explains. He says that the proclamation in the parable of the mustard seed. He tells us what it means. Jesus often compared himself to plants. In a gospel from a few weeks ago, Jesus described himself as a vine. He said in John 15, verse 5 through 9, I am the vine and you are the branches. Whoever abides in Uh, whoever abides in me and I in him, he is that bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. And then at another time, Jesus said this in John 12, 23 and 24. He says, the hour has come for the Son of Man to be glorified. Truly, truly, I say to you, unless a grain of wheat falls into the earth and dies, it remains alone. But if it dies, it bears much fruit. So here Jesus spoke of his suffering and he spoke of his death and how he would die. And like a seed, he would grow to bear much fruit. In today's gospel, Jesus once again tells us that he must be buried, planted like a mustard seed seed. And this burial reminds us of the suffering and the death that he endured to take away all of our sins. Jesus said, a grain of a mustard seed. It is the smallest of all seeds on earth. And although he is God, who is vast, Jesus became small By assuming a human nature, he became small enough to live in the womb of the Virgin Mary. He became small enough to live under the authority of the law and to keep it perfectly. He became small enough to die a shameful death and be buried 
in a borrowed tomb. And like that grain of mustard seed, he rested in the ground. And Jesus continued with the parable with these words, Yet, when the mustard seed is sown and it grows up, it becomes larger than all the garden plants and puts out large branches so that the birds of the air can make nests in the shade. Jesus did not remain in the grave. Instead, as a mustard plant emerges from the ground, he emerged from death. And just as a mustard plant becomes one of the largest plants in the garden, so also Jesus becomes ever larger, large enough to be known all around and throughout the world. And as a mustard plant fills a garden and is large enough to harbor birds, so also Christ's body, the church, grows to fill the earth. We are part of that mustard seed that is the holy Christian church. The Holy Spirit in Paul, in, inspired Paul to write in Romans 6, 3 and 5, do you not know that all of us who have been baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? We were buried, therefore, with him by baptism into death, in order that, just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, we too might walk in newness of life. For if we have been united with him in a death like his, we certainly shall be united with him in a resurrection like his. And through baptism, the Holy Spirit joins us to Christ's death, and we become part of his body. We become the church. And the wonderful part about belonging to the Holy Christian Church is that no matter how often we sin, no matter how often we mess up, God has forgiven us for Jesus' sake through the Holy Spirit's gift of faith. We can come together as a body of Christ and continuously receive the forgiveness of sins. And even though your pastor, even though your pastor is probably a worse sinner than you are, his words of forgiveness are valid. The words of forgiveness that come from his mouth are not his words, but they are Christ's words. And when that sinner whom God has called to be your pastor forgives your sins, it is not he who forgives. It is Christ himself who forgives your sins. And I thank God, I thank God that the words I speak are for me as well as they are for you. And as part of Christ's church, we not only receive God's forgiveness through the mouth of the pastor, but also through our own mouths as Jesus Christ gives his body 
and blood in union with the bread and the wine of the sacrament. Jesus himself said this, drink of it, all of you, for this is my blood of the covenant, which is poured out for many for the forgiveness of sins. What a gift. What a gift this is that we receive as members of the Holy Christian Church. In conclusion, as we gather together in Christ's church, we come together to meet Jesus and to receive the gifts that he earned for us on that cross. Forgiveness, the gift of forgiveness, the gift of life, and the gift of salvation. And we also receive the comfort of knowing that just as he rose from the dead, we too shall rise from the dead and inherit eternal life. It is good to be part of God's mustard plant. In the name of Jesus, amen.